You're listening to the Arizona Varsity Podcast Network. AALL Insurance is locally owned and locally operated. Everybody needs insurance, especially young drivers. Give the people who support Arizona Varsity and Arizona high school athletes a chance to support your insurance needs. AALL Insurance. Click the link in the show description to find out more. We'd like to thank our friends at People's Mortgage for sponsoring Arizona Varsity and Arizona's athletes. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance your current mortgage, the experienced team at People's Mortgage is ready to help you. People's Mortgage has been a local lender for over 20 years, and their team has extensive knowledge of the local economy. They'll find the loan that best fits your needs. Rates are low, so connect with them today at 602-714-2555. That's 602-714-2555. Find out why they say, at People's Mortgage, it's all about the people. AZBK0904164 NMLS6274 Equal Housing Lender. Happy belated New Year, everybody. Welcome into another episode of the Take It Easy Sports Show here on ArizonaVarsity.com. Eric, New Year. People like to say uh, new me very often. I'm not going to go that far because I'm probably going to have some of the same habits that I do now. Uh, but nonetheless, 2020 has passed us. It's time to look ahead to 2021. And um, hopefully this year is much better than what we saw, you know, the last 12 months, especially. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I really don't make like active New Year's goals or whatever. I try to think about it, but you know, it's uh, the idea of just completely changing my personality one day over to the next is, I don't know. Um, I used to, this actually is one of the first years that I can remember that I'm not grumbling about the gym being too, um, crowded on the first yeah. week of the new year. I remember in college specifically the first few weeks, um, the, the gym at school would be so packed. Um, I used to play a lot of pickup basketball and it would be when normally there'd be four or five people waiting, maybe up to 10 on a busy day, there'd be 30 people waiting to get in next, um, at the gym. And so it's, it's nice to have, um, I mean, that doesn't exist. So a silver lining this year is um, we don't have that crowd. And I'd be really mad if we did have a big crowd right now. Um, but yeah, I'm doing okay. Right on. Um, you know, one of the things, so we are recording this on Monday, January 4th. That means it only took us, well, I mean, they probably wore them before, but it only took us about four days to have a nomination for the worst uniforms in 2021. Uh, what in the hell are the Miami Heat New Jerseys? They look like, you know, when your screen breaks on your phone? Yes. <laughs> um, it's and like for, that weird rainbow kind yeah. of bright. It's as if you got cotton candy under the screen of your cell phone. Um it's really terrible. And the court doesn't make it that much better no, either. I re- so the city uniforms that they had the last year or two were cool. 
the they Vice were black with some of those those like the my the Miami Vice colors. Yeah, the yeah. the blue and the pink. But I thought those were cool as secondary things rather yeah. than now they're going full into that. It's it's so terrible looking. Well, and the ones that they had, I think what two or three years ago, they were actually the full blue. I loved those. And then to your point, the black ones that they had with the you know like those like blue with like pink out, like outline or vice versa, whatever. But now it's like they have that. It's like the, how the Rams uniforms, their numbers are, where it's kind of that like weird gradient, like fade to like a different color. That's how the Miami Heat jerseys are. But they go instead of going vertically, they go horizontally. So from left to right, it looks like unless, you know, this picture is just backwards. But um, it, it basically goes from pink to the light blue. And like Eric just mentioned, the court isn't much better. Um, the paint itself, and then when I say, you know, paint, I mean literally inside the paint, inside the key, uh, it basically goes from pink to white to blue or something, something like that. It's terrible. I mean, the Miami Heat are a very good team, but, you know, so obviously, you know, it's not going to affect their play, I'm sure. But man, their jerseys are horrendous. Man, and maybe I... some people like them, but I personally, I think they're horrible. The thing is, I actually don't dislike pink. Uh, I, you know, I, I like soccer as a casual fan. And I, um, Juventus in Italy is one of the top teams over there now with Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, but they have, I'm not sure if they're wearing it much now, but they have a pink jersey that I think looks outstanding. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, they're kind of going full in on the pink and then having the black and everything. But this is like, the pink is just, it's too much with the blue. They just need to pick one or the other because I'm sure they could make a pink jersey look really cool or just the blue, but I don't know. Just the idea of all these colors mashed together, it, it's hard to look at on the screen. It's, it's hard to imagine that executives at Nike sat down and said, oh man, this looks really good. Like, like if I was in that room, I would literally, I would have to sit there and be like, are you guys sure? Like... You're well, positive to think about it is think of all the worst ideas. Like that's the best of the ideas they came up with, right? <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so if everything else was actively worse, think how ugly those uniforms must have been. Oh man, I don't know. And I already mentioned the Rams uniforms. I hate those. The blue that they have with like the the, the yellow to white like gradient numbers. Uh, just you know what it reminds me of. You know those old like knockoff like starter or the FUBU jerseys that they always used to sell at like Kmart? Yep. That's exactly what those remind me of. Especially after you, um, if you wore them a few times and you yep. put them through the wash, the numbers would start to fade really bad. <laughs> uh, just terrible, man. Like what? Like what are people thinking, man? Like uh, I just like how do you think? I'm still looking at a picture of the Heat uniforms. How can you think that looks good? Like everyone made a big fuss about the the Utah Jazz and their like orange and yellow and you know dark red or whatever color uniforms, but the Miami Heat jerseys are exponentially worse than that in my opinion. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, should we get to the Cardinals? We're a local sports show, Arizona yeah. based. Um, I know it's not a great subject to talk about, but <laughs> the Cardinals finished their season. Um, lost to the Rams, who you just mentioned, yep. took them out of playoffs. And it was, what a weird game. It was like, I don't know. I think 
What's really funny is I think myself, I think you, I think uh, Jordan Ham. I saw Kevin Zimmerman from Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. He, he does a great job covering the Cardinals there for the, the web side of things. Uh, I think all of us, plus probably several more, all tweeted basically at the same time, why are we running an option on third and 18? Like you're running the option with a quarterback that physically cannot run because he's injured. It's third and 18. You still have what over two, three minutes left on the clock at that point. Like you still are in striking distance to go get a quick touchdown. Or, I mean, at that point, hell take the field goal. Like you just can't punt. You can't punt. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And someone, I can't remember who it is and I'm not going to try to go find it really quick, but Someone even in my mentions uh, to and a reply to that tweet specifically, uh, basically said that's a metaphorically, or that's metaphor. Yeah, he was Cliff Kingsbury. That is was metaphorically waving the white flag, and I'm like, you know what? That's honestly what it looks like. But why at that point? I can see if there's like a minute left, and you're like, all right, whatever. Like we're done. But there is still enough time to go try to get at least some points and give your special teams, your kickoff team, a chance to get the ball back. So the final score was 18-7 to for the Rams. Um, It felt like they lost by so much more than 11 points, right? Like, that felt like an absolute beatdown. Yeah. It was... And the Rams' offense wasn't even good in that game. They were terrible. It was... They they were terrible to... Yep. It was the defense. It was the Cardinals just could not get anything going. But here's the problem. The Rams offense was terrible up until they needed a first down on third down. Yep. And then the Cardinals defense was the one that was terrible. I mean, honestly, the Cardinals defense all game did not look very good. Uh, We know their struggle with the tight end. But my thing is, that's isn't that literally why they drafted Isaiah Simmons? So he could be someone that covers the tight end. I, I swear every single play, the Rams tight end, whether it be Everett or I, I can't remember the other one right now, but anyway, like how many times did you see Wolford throw over the head of our defenders, linebackers, corners, even Buda Baker at one point to a tight end to convert and, and, and give him a first down, like and do extend the drive. Like how Wolford like, was in the AAF. <sighs> You know what's funny is I almost tweeted out and I didn't want to do it because I was afraid it would trigger a lot of people. Um, I almost tweeted, does this mean when the hot shots were in existence, they were the best professional football team in Arizona? It's true. The best quarterback in the best professional quarterback in Arizona the last year has been John Walford. Eh, I don't think you know that. <laughs> I know. I'm just being facetious, but I mean it was it was really, really bad. The Cardinals just yeah. I mean it felt like the game was over when they had that pick six, right? Like yeah. it, it really it, somehow with basically a half of the game to go, it felt like it was already over. You knew the Cardinals weren't going to move the ball. No. And I don't and, even blame Kyler Murray and I don't even blame the offense that much. I think just the defense again, they just, the defense couldn't get off the field. It was just an overall bad game. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody on that team played particularly well. No. I agree with you. It was it was disappointing. Um, and then, you know, we all looked to the Suns, who, honestly, the Suns were down 31 points in that game against the Clippers, and they came storming back at one point to almost tie it. So I, I'm happy with this, the way the Suns performed. They and I love 
And, and, you know, contrary to the Miami Heat uniforms, I love those black uniforms that the Suns have. And I yeah, love the great. court, too. I uh, Even in a loss, they looked good. That's a yeah. game that a year or two ago, if they were down 30, they would have lost by 50. They would have yeah. started screaming at each other and getting angry yeah. and giving up. And Tyler Eulis would have come into the game and started <laughs> trying to get some things done. And yeah. they would have lost by 50. But... I don't. I mean, the fact that they were even able to come back and they've got Chris Paul and all these guys, it really just shows a lot about this team. And I don't, I don't know that I believe that they're going to be as good as their record is right now. But I think that they're going to be a solid team. And you're right. They that was really impressive getting even to a close game in a uh, a Clippers performance. That that was one of their best games this season. Well, and and to your point about the record weren't they pretty much at the same point last season? And then all of a sudden inj- injuries started happening. Yeah. If the Suns can avoid injuries, I think we'll be better off this year. I mean, regardless of that, I think we'll be better off this year unless, you know, like literally people drop for like the entire season. God forbid yeah. that happened. But I mean, at that, you know, last year we were talking about the same thing. We were saying, wow, m- maybe the Suns team can make a run. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden they fell, you know, they fell back. They, they were hit by the injury bug. Um, and then obviously, you know, we know how the bubble went, but they didn't make the playoffs. So, you know, whatever. But I don't know. I think this this year is obviously just a lot different. Chris Paul is a is a whole new level of point guard than Ricky Rubio. And Rubio was great. Don't get me wrong. But there were still times where I feel like Devin Booker felt like he still had to have the ball in his hands coming up the court. But one thing I even noticed, even when campaign is in now, Booker doesn't dribble it up like ever unless it's like a fast break or something. Yeah. He's able to be a true two guard. Exactly. And he wasn't even that way with, with campaign last year either. Now, obviously, you know, we didn't really know a lot about campaign until, you know, the bubble, but still. They're, they're fun. They've got a good team. They're five and two right now, which is tied for the top record in the West. Do I think they'll be number two or number three like they are right now? No, but they're going to be a contender for playoffs, I think. Um, And it's they're they're going to be fun this year, which is the first time you can say in a long time. Yeah. Can we talk about how much of a crybaby Paul George is? How soft he is? He's a weird he's an enigma. Um, Hell of a player. He's so like you're gonna get all upset. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like you're gonna get upset for Devin saying whatever he said. I mean, you're gonna get upset to the point where you're gonna try to charge at him. Like, talk to him, that's fine. Like, whatever, I get it. But like he stepped towards him and like was had to be held back by the ref. Yeah, I I have a hard time believing they'll ever fight though. Like, how when's the last time you saw an actual fist fight in the NBA? There's a lot of mm. um, it's been a long time, I think, since yeah, I remember a long time. real one. But I mean, obviously the one that really sticks out is the the you know, Malice at the Palace, but that yeah, was how long ago long was that? Ago. Those are guys that well, are long but, retired now. But that that one in itself is is a little that's on its own. Because yeah, that was that was not a fight. That but was what a, I mean is even real like even full punches, like one or two, you don't see very often because it's a game that you need to have your hands. And I remember, remember a few years ago when uh, 
DeAndre Jordan punched that guy? Or was it Blake Griffin? Someone on the Clippers punched someone. Uh, I think it was... It might have been Blake Griffin. Yeah, either way. Like the or one of the Morris of, twins. One of the Morris twins probably punched someone too. Or are you 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 hurting your hand because you punch somebody is so stupid. Like that is a game that your hands matter so much. Almost more than any other sport. Obviously you need your hands for um most other sports too, but basketball yeah. it's so much you you hold the ball in your hand and there's such a fluid motion and everything. I, I have a hard time believing they were actually going to fight, but maybe some pushes and a few yells in the face and uh, transferring coronavirus to each other. <laughs> but Isn't it ironic how there's less punches being thrown in basketball than there are in football when, you know, you're just hitting a helmet? That is one of the dumbest things, but it always happens. People punch helmets. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the what I'm kind of referring to most recently is obviously the brawl between Mississippi State and Tulsa. I don't know yep. if you saw that or not. Yeah. I did. And then the guy kicks him in the shoulder and runs away. That was that was nice. Um anyway, we're not really gonna get into too much of that because that's just I don't know, whatever. Um Eric, you and I were at a bowl game ourselves though, uh this past Saturday, January second. Uh yes. a good one. Oregon and Iowa State. Iowa State ended up winning the game, uh, 34 to 17, led by Perry's own Brock Purdy. He was also named the offensive player of the game for the Fiesta Bowl. Um, him versus Tyler Shuck was pretty much the the headline coming in, but I think one of the major headlines coming out, other than you know, Brock obviously leading Iowa State to a win in their first Fiesta Bowl win ever, if I'm not mistaken, and their best season ever as well was the fact that we didn't see as much of Tyler Shuck as we, one, thought, and two, would have liked to see, right? Yeah. Um, Shuck had a disappointing game. And it wasn't necessarily even just his fault. The whole offense had a bad game. Um, true. And, I mean, I honestly think it's just credit to Iowa State's defense and special teams was what won that game. Yeah. Um, they were outstanding. And... What was it? Four turnovers, I think. Maybe five. I think four. Um, I think I think there was actually. Well, let's think about it. There was um, the fumble by Anthony Brown. There was the fumble by Travis Dye. There was the interception at the very end by Tyler. And then two kicks. And one, then punt, one, kick. one, one was like a pooch kick that you can argue was Oregon's fault because they just blatantly didn't know how to catch the football, and the punt. Yeah, two special teams turnovers and then uh, three offensive turnovers for Oregon, so five total. Yeah, and that was that was the difference in the game. Um, Shuck and Brown and everything beside itself, you can't give up that kind of great position um, when you don't have an offense that's really able to move the ball that well. Yeah. Um, but Iowa State looked great, and... When's the last time Iowa State's been that good? I can't remember. Uh, no, this was their best season in program history. Yeah. And and Coach Campbell actually had very, very good things to say about Brock Purdy, who, by the way, announced that he was going to return for his senior season at Iowa State. So immediately, I mean, they get Brock back, they get Brees Hall back. They get most, I believe, of that starting offensive line, if not a good portion of it. They get, I think, a couple receivers back, and then a good majority of the defense is going to come back too because not a lot of those guys are really high up on draft boards. So, I mean, Iowa State, they are—they made it to the Big 12 championship this year. Look out next year. We could be talking about Iowa State breaking through to the playoff. 
I think that them and uh, they and Oklahoma are going to be. I'd be surprised if it's not those two again yeah. in the championship game in the Big. I agree. Twelve. I agree with you. Um, but yeah, no, it was. I mean, Iowa State just played really well. Brock Purdy, he didn't have the biggest numbers, but the thing with him, and this is what I was talking to Ralph Amazon about too. He hasn't always had like, you know, those those games where you just break out and you know, you know, 400 yards passing, we you know, whatever he don't get me wrong. He has had those type of games, but it's not as frequent as a lot of people may think. Um, because Brock really, what he did extremely well in the Fiesta Bowl is he managed the game. Yep. When they needed first downs. I mean, I can't even, I would have to go back and look at my Twitter feed, but I can't even count. I think on one hand, the amount of times that he escaped pressure and extended the play. And most of the time he got a first down for Iowa state to extend their drive. Uh, I know there was one key third down play. I think it was like a third and long, actually. And he honestly, he looked like he was about to be sacked and he escaped. He rolled out and, you know, recognizing how big, you know, a potential first down could be for his team to seal that victory. He dove across the line to gain. And, you know, in the in the meantime, he <laughs> broke free from a, a would be tackler from a very highly rated linebacker coming out of high school in uh, in Masefuna and he actually juked him out you know one other time in the game to to walk into the end zone too but um I mean just overall like Brock Purdy just uh it's funny I tweeted this out too someone in the press box I don't know who where they were from I'm assuming they were from out of state because they referred to Brock as the kid from Gilbert I don't think anyone from Arizona would refer to him like that at least I would really hope not um and you know, the only thing I can think of in my mind when he said this kid from Gilbert's playing pretty well is, yeah, you know, we all knew when he was coming out of high school that he was going to be a baller. It was just a matter of which program gave him the best shot and the overall best system to work in to favor his skill set. And Iowa State, I think, is the absolute best fit for Brock. Absolutely. they, The offense was great. And the thing that you mentioned that I – um really agree with is the stats didn't really pop out he didn't even have 200 passing yards um and when you look at just the stats you would think it would probably the mvp of the offense would have probably gone to Brees hall yep. he had 140 something two touchdowns uh the running back but the management system and it seemed like every time they needed a big play brock purdy made it it was great i mean they they didn't in the second half even score a touchdown, but it really mm-hmm. felt like that offense was dominant. Um, even though they were just taking these long drives um, and he didn't have to throw the ball huge downfield. He just made the plays he needed to, and they played a system and they were able to run down the clock and win the game. And that was impressive. I don't remember the exact total time, but they had to double up Oregon, maybe even triple Oregon as far as time of possession, right? Yeah, I mean, it. I don't know exactly off the top of my head, but it it had to be because they were going, I remember the first drive of the game was seven and a half minutes, yeah. and they had something like that in the third quarter too. It was just when they needed a long drive, they got it, and it was just run the ball, short passes, QB run, um, just milking the clock and making it so Oregon, who couldn't get a rhythm going, had even less time. Yeah. And, and part of that, and we've already kind of mentioned it too, a part of Oregon's lack of ability to get a rhythm going, I think honestly has a lot to do with the fact that 
Cristobal was switching out Tyler Shuck and Anthony Brown literally mid-drive. And when I don't even mean mid-drive, I mean literally mid-series of four plays. There was one point Tyler Shuck came into the game, did two handoff plays, and then they brought in Anthony Brown for what they call the short yardage quarterback, whatever, and he threw the ball. So, like, you, I mean, I'm sorry, but you can't tell me that he's only using short yardage package when you bring in him, bring him in on third and long to throw the, you know, throw for the first down. Yeah, I, I just don't get that. I mean, I'm not a coach, whatever. He's obviously making a lot of money for good reason. He's a very, very good coach. Don't get me wrong. But I think that whole game was mismanaged. And it wasn't even just the quarterback situation. It, it was mismanaged all across the board for Oregon. Absolutely. Do you want to get into some listener questions? Let's do it. We, uh, for the first time in a while, we asked for some listener questions, kind of something uh, fun that we used to do. We only used to get like, what, two or three, maybe? If that. <laughs> um, all of a sudden, I guess uh, in 2021, it's going to be a little bit different. So we might have to bring these back every week. But we have at least, man, six, seven, eight, even. We've questions, got several. We have, we have quite a few. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and start with uh, arguably the most important question that comes from uh, our good friend Gabe. Um, he asked me, what was my best $3 or less acquisition in fantasy football? I know you love this question, Eric. Um, and for those that don't know, uh, I don't know how you don't know at this point. Uh, I, I won the championship in fantasy football um, this year. And we did an auction style draft. So that's why he's asking what was my best acquisition for $3 or less. And Eric, I know you hate this, but I'm, I think you're going to be proud of me. My best $3 or less acquisition, Josh Allen. No comment? Nothing? Next. Okay. I'll let you go ahead and ask the next one. Anyway, Josh Allen was a monster for me. He won me the championship. I'm very happy with that. Dude, congrats on that. I don't care about fantasy football. Um, Sounds good. Let's keep it up with Gabe, uh, Gabe AZHS Sports. Um, your best friend from out of state is in town for a week. What three places are you taking him to eat? Ooh. And do you want me to go first, or do you have your three? Um, I'll let you go first. Okay, I'll give you some time to think about it. I'm going to cop out on my first answer, but it's actually just coming over to my place. I'm a decent cook. I'd take out my George Foreman, would grill something. Um, inexpensive, get a couple drinks, watch the game. There's nothing like quite like having just a, a couple people over, having a good time watching the game or doing whatever, just hanging out. So that's my number one. Boo. Lame. It's great. That was lame. That was a, that was a major cop out, bro. Come I on. told you it was going to be. Number two, Barrio Queen. I love okay. that Mexican food, man. Okay. It's so good. The guacamole is fantastic. You can get it with the pomegranate seeds that add just, if you or if you don't want them, but they add just a little bit of sweetness and that little bit of crunch to the guacamole that, but it's just oh so subtle. And papados, seafood, Ooh. giant menu. You can get okay. whatever you want. Um even as a bunch of vegetarian options, great side dishes like baked potatoes and asparagus and anything you want. Um, those are my three. Hey, let's make a promise right now that when all this stuff is over, or actually we can even go sit on the patio. 
uh, you and I have to go to Papados because I have not been there in a while, but I love it. It's so good. I love seafood, so that's a huge one for me. Um, my turn, right? Yep. Okay. Um, man. Okay, so I'm gonna go with a theme of Mexican food as well. Um, not necessarily a major like sit down place, but nonetheless a place that is fantastic. Uh, Mascadores. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Um, number two, let's see. You know, I know it's like, there's probably, eh, never mind. I was going to say oreganos, but I'm going to go with Lou Lou, uh, Malnati's instead. It's so good too, man. Yeah. It's delicious. I was going to say oreganos just because it's an easy one because they have a pretty good menu, but Lou Malnati's is, is phenomenal. Um... And then as far, you know, kind of sticking with the same Italian cuisine, I guess, in some ways, um, Capriati's. You've been there, right? I've never had Capriati's. It's so good. I've heard good things, though. It's hard to mess up Italian food, man. And if it's made well and... Their pizza is really good. And I heard their sandwiches are phenomenal, too. Have you had DeFalco's in Scottsdale? Speaking of just Italian places. Wow, I'm an idiot. I was thinking DeFalco's and not Capriati's. I've had DeFalco's a few times. Okay, that that was actually my pick. I got those two mixed up. DeFalco's is my is my third pick. Fair Sorry. enough. Yeah, I haven't been there in a while, so it's you know. Capriati's is probably good though too. I, I've had it once and it is pretty good, but DeFalco's was my pick. Their and sandwiches then, are delicious. I had a chicken parmesan sandwich. Yeah, man, it was delicious. I ate the whole thing in like thirty seconds. Yeah. Uh, I know you you enjoy a good burger, so we're gonna add a fourth to this list. Give me a nice burger place, or at least like American esque food. I guess you can say hmm. that's a good one. I do enjoy a good burger. I'm trying to remember, there's a place near the ASU campus. I haven't been in a while. Chuckbox. Um, yeah, I think that was it. Okay, I've never had that, and it's on my good. list. I want to try it. Believe it or not. Never had In and Out. In and Out's good, and Cody's probably gonna hate me for this, but you're not missing a ton. It's fine. It's a it's a fast food burger place. Yeah. What am I missing? Like, oh, I can get a good burger, or I can go to a place that actually serves good food yeah. and get a burger and not have to like rub myself in the oil of In and Out and yeah. praise Jesus for. Um, in and out and post about it on social media and um, talk about animal style and get mad when anyone mentions any other burger type. It's like, (laughs) it's so silly. And I won't eat there just because people have um, talked so much about it. And I just can't imagine it's actually as outstanding as people want to make it. Yeah, you know, Eric, I agree with you. Um, I'm not I, I like in and out, don't get me wrong, but there's better burger places. Um, one of them, you know, honestly, there's a couple like fast food style burgers I could go to, but honestly, Zips has a phenomenal burger. Zips is good. Like, and and they have the homemade mozzarella sticks. I know we talk about burgers, but like their homemade mozzarella sticks are fantastic. So that'd probably be my pick, to be honest. Um, what do you say we, uh, we move on for a minute? Let's go with... Since you were just, uh, you know, belittling his love of In-N-Out. 
Cody Cameron asked uh, the top five worst tweets slash takes of all time from the Arizona varsity staff. And they can't all be from Ralph. And he said, get to digging. Now, I'll be honest, I didn't dig very far for this. I think all of these pretty much came from this year. Um, that that would have, I don't even know how I would look up all of that stuff. But you want me to give you my five first? Yes, because I know my five already. And okay. it's very brief. Okay. Um, so worst tweets slash takes. And when I say worst tweets, I'm in, well, I, let me back up. When I say this first one, it's going to be the worst tweets because I don't really want to see this all to, all the time on my timeline. Whenever Ralph tweets about Red Robin, that's one of them. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> um, the second one is, is Ralph thinking that I'm his boss. I hate that. Pisses me off. Um, Chili saying that anyone is more famous than him. And the fact that he always tweets out, I'm the guy on the left in the hat. When it's everyone so silly, man. knows who he is. <laughs> everyone knows who Chili is. Let's be honest. If we were in a room and we we brought in random people that are like in the high school football community and we said, you know, one of these guys is Chili and the other two are not. Who is it? And they would say, oh, that's Chili right there. And then they would say, oh, who's the other guy? And it'd be me and you. Yeah. So, yeah, that that I don't know. Um, anyone on the team who doesn't think Mascadores is the best taco shop that we've ever had dinner at? I know I already mentioned Mascadores, but you know, there are people who think that there's other places that are better and they're wrong. I'm just going to throw you out there right now. And last but not least, the absolute worst tweets and takes, especially of 2020. Well, technically 2021, I guess. Um, your tweets at the Fiesta Bowl using Purdy and Shuck as puns. I thought that the Shuck one was pretty good. The Shuck one was funny, but still stupid nonetheless. Oh, Shuck. <laughs> go ahead, your turn. I know I know I we're going to go immediately. I it on Twitter, and it's any tweet. It's, it's a tie for the top. Anything about fantasy football from you. Um, you, you act like I literally like tweeted all the time about fantasy football. I think I tweeted like maybe five times total this year. Yeah, exactly. Top five. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the last few episodes, you've insisted. Oh, I know you don't like this, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So that's my answer. Uh, but the the, <laughs> the and it's not even just him, but the amount of people um, that tweet Ralph about Red Robin and uh, pineapples is just so. I can't imagine how infuriating <laughs> it is for him. Um, just like the things you hate most, people just find it so funny. You want to know but, what the all-time worst take was this past year from people outside of Arizona varsity? What's that? Masks don't matter at football games. Yeah, that's a pretty bad one. That was pretty dumb. Um. I'm going to go to the next question. This can be a quick one. We got it from Gridiron, Arizona, Chris Eaton. With Minnesota not making the playoffs, and you can take this for your squad. Um, Are you rooting for anyone? Uh, And he mentions the Bears and Packers uh, in the NFL playoffs, and I am not rooting for the Bears and Packers, um, despite all the people I know from Illinois and Wisconsin from college and growing up in the Midwest. I, in fact, find the both of those fan bases incredibly infuriating. Um, but I don't know. I guess I'm rooting. I'd like someone different to win. I don't want Tampa Bay because Tom Brady's been there a million times. Um, 
The Chiefs I don't dislike, but they won it last year. So maybe, how about like the Bills or the Browns would be kind of fun stories to be rooting for this year? Uh, The Bills are my pick. And uh, that's because Josh Allen led me to a fantasy football championship um, along with Stephon Diggs. So, um, sorry, you know I had to say that. You know I had to do that because I I know it's making you mad. Uh, But no, in all, in in seriousness, uh, the Bills are actually my pick. I would love to see the Buffalo Bills go back to the Super Bowl and win it potentially for the first time in a very long time. Um, and, you know, being a, a Lions fan and also a Cardinals fan, I'm, I'm kind of used to picking up a third team in the playoffs that I kind of root for quietly. So, yep. Um, Same with me, Minnesota and then Arizona since I've moved here. So, yeah. Um, Detroit even more, though. <laughs> Man. You know, it's really bad that I don't even, since I've been alive, I don't even remember seeing Detroit have a winning season. A few years ago, they had the one where uh, the Cowboys, that pass interference where it hit the guy in the back, that should have been a pass interference for um, Detroit that they could have won. But what's it been, 50 plus years with like one playoff victory? Uh, just, Just stop rubbing it at this point. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, next question. Let's go with, we have a few. How about we go with Chili? Um, this one's going to be a quick answer for me. It's kind of like a one, two, three, four part, a uh, four part question. Uh, first part, do you like the direction of the new Spider-Man opening up the Spider-Verse? Um, top five Disney Pixar animated movies. Would you rather be a Jedi or have a mutant power? And if you could ask any current pro athlete one question, who would it be and what would you ask? So part one of that question, um, for me personally, I am not really into the big Spider-Man, you know, Captain America stuff. So I don't, I'm not even going to answer that one because I've never honestly, I think I've seen Deadpool and that's it. Um, I know people are going to be, you know, probably, you know, at my throat for that, but. Even if you don't like Spider-Man and like the 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 whole universe, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is one of the best superhero movies I've ever seen. It is the the animation's incredibly unique. Um I actually have a problem with the amount of superhero movies there are. I think there're way too many, but this one is it's a got a unique story, the characters are good, the animation's different. Um, if you're looking to try and ease back into it, I would recommend that one. I think that movie from, I think it officially published in 2019 was when it came out. It's so freaking good, man. And it's not eight hours long, like some of the other ones where it's just a slog to get through. So I'd recommend that one. So I, I'm going, yes, I do like that movie and opening up the spider verse. I think I'll stick with Deadpool. Fair Um, enough. Deadpool's good too. Top five Disney slash Pixar animated movies. I can go on that one. I'll give you a minute to think. Yeah, go ahead. My number one, and I know it's not the best, but it's a good one, is Hercules. I love Hercules, man. And Hercules is the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater. Um, so the little town in Texas that I was born in um, finally got a movie theater when I was a kid, and that was the first thing I ever went to see. Um characters are good the storyline's interesting and i had a 
McDonald's used to give out awesome toys with the Happy Meals. Now I don't even know what they give out. But I had a plate that my dad still has at his house to this day of Hercules. And it's got him making his stupid uh, bicep, like overly developed biceps. Uh, and it says, I'm a meat and potatoes type of guy, which is just the dumbest thing. Um, but that's my number one. I also love Mulan. Love Toy Story. Every single one of the Toy Stories is good. Um, the Lion King is tremendous. And I love Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo is so unique. The story um, is that I'd never seen anything like that one before. Um, and there's so many memorable parts from it. And Finding Dory from that was pretty solid too. But I remember thinking Finding Nemo is just so unique. Yeah. Um... You kind of took all of the ones I was going to say. Um, I like no particular order. I like the Up movies. Up is good. Um, I liked Finding Nemo. I liked the Cars series. Um, Toy Story is obviously probably number one all time for me. Um, Monsters, Inc. That's a good one. I love Monsters, Inc. Um, so many good choices. There, there are. I mean, um, what else, man? Um, let's go with a the original book. Jungle Book is really, really good too. Jungle Book was very good. I love Jungle Book. Uh, Mulan. You already mentioned Mulan. I did enjoy Mulan a lot. Um, what else is there? There was in high school German class. I might have been fourteen years old or something like that. Uh, and I could never find it, even if I wanted to now. We had to make videos of us speaking German. And this one kid and I did a video of, and it's on a VHS somewhere in the German teachers. Herr Thompson, if, I don't know if you're still even at Mayo High School anymore. So this was like maybe 2008 or something yeah. like that. Um, so may, maybe it was a DVD. Either way. Um, I don't have a copy or access to it anymore of me singing uh, I'll Make a Man Out of You, the Mulan song <laughs> in German. And it was just, uh, it's so embarrassing. I've got terrible hair and braces and all that, but it's one of my favorite videos from that time. Uh, if I ever find it, I'll let you see it. What's the one where it's like, let's get down to business? That's that one. Oh, it is that one? Yeah. Okay. That, that one's my favorite. Um, one movie that I, you know, admittedly had to look up that we may have forgot lady and the tramp. <laughs> I like that. I'm not going to lie. I like that one. <laughs> I can't lie to you. Um, you could have given me all day and I would have never thought that you would pick lady and the tramp. Hey man, I lady and the tramp was a good movie, bro. Yeah, it was fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> It was fine. It was all right. It was. Okay. I wouldn't put it in my top five. It was all right. Uh, how about uh, the original Tarzan? Tarzan was good, too. Yeah. Oh, that one wasn't fine? It was good, Eric? Just making sure. I liked Tarzan much better than I liked Lady in the Tramp. Okay. Whatever. Whatever. Tarzan um, was so good. Like, just this jack dude swinging from trees, hanging with gorillas. <laughs> you know what I think is one of the most underrated movies of all time? Chicken Little. Chicken Little's fun. It was funny, man. 
It was so. What was the song that they sang? Um, what was it? I don't have any idea. I haven't. It's probably been um, since I was eight years old that I saw Chicken Little. Oh God, it, it's like a legitimate song. I just can't remember what it is now. Whoever's listening, if you remember what song they sang, please reply to whenever this tweet goes out. Yeah, with, add with us with the podcast, please, because it was. Um, it's gonna bother me now so much. Um, Would you rather be a Jedi or have a mutant power, Zach? Oh, I forgot about that question. Um, I'd easily rather have a mutant power. Can the mutant power be like, like? Just I have want like super a... speed. Okay. See, I, I was gonna do something more down to earth, like have a really good metabolism, but that would be um, good too. Yeah. <laughs> I want super speed though. I don't want to be a Jedi. Then you have to yeah. fight, and like That's people want to kill you all the time, and people yeah. are blowing up your planets and stuff like that. I don't want to do that. I don't yeah, want to live in annoying. space. Yeah. You can't like just live in an apartment in Phoenix if you're a Jedi. People are gonna mess with you and like try to scramble your brain and kill your dad and whatever <laughs> like i don't i don't want that yeah hmm. if i could just run really fast that'd be cool i'd be really good at sports that's true that's true uh let's go to brando hernandez at b we didn't hernandez. finish the last thing zach and i say it just because i have a really good one. Oh, the oh my bad chili uh <laughs> if you could ask sorry i mean four-part questions i mean that's you know, yep. four different tweets would have been nice. Uh, if you could ask any current pro athlete one question, who would it be and what would you ask? Okay. And I have the same person, but two different ways that I would go about it. Do you want to hear the chaos answer or the serious answer? Chaos. Chaos. The answer is Colin Kaepernick. Oh, no. Okay. I would make a really big deal out of it. Eric Newman is the one person who's ever getting the sit-down interview with Colin Kaepernick to go over everything that's happened. He's got one question. It, and I would be interviewed on CNN and Sports Center and everything, and it would be all this big buildup. And we'd get to the room, and there'd be all this production. And how did you get Colin Kaepernick to sit down with you? And I would sit down and be like, Who'd you get in fantasy football this year, man? I hate you. Like I can't. Like I just can't. Um. All right. Any pro athlete? One question: Who would it be, and who, and what would you ask? Everyone would be so mad if I just wasted wasted the one opportunity with Colin Kaepernick. I would love it. That Maybe would be pretty cool. funny. I'm not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> Who should I take in the third round? Okay, so I'm gonna be kind of like a fangirl at this point. Uh, for me you personally, you know, boy. whatever. I, I, you know, I'm a, I thought fangirl would be a little bit funnier, to be honest. I'll, I'll be fanboy. Lady in the um, tramp. Lady in the tramp. Um, I would ask Jalen Smith. Linebacker for the Cowboys, Notre Dame alum. I would ask him for his autograph because he, to this day, is my favorite Notre Dame player to ever come out of out of uh, that program. 
And I and honestly, he's such a good line. He's a good linebacker and a really good person from what it sounds like or seems like anyway. Um, you know, that's I would I would ask for his autograph. That's about it. Or maybe to be friends. I don't know. One of the two. I know that's lame, but you know, good for you. I feel man. like I feel like there's other stuff that I would want to ask other athletes, but I don't think it's podcast friendly. Yeah, so, that's fair. Yeah. What do you think about? I'm we're going with uh, Brando Hernandez, who you tried to get to before, um, <laughs> but I had to t- give my stupid take. I'd also just ask Colin Kaepernick if I had a serious answer. What the hell happened? Um, and he could talk about that for an hour. But what are your thoughts on Desert Vista Stud uh, Andrew King returning to the Thunder and leaving PHH Prep Phoenix Prep? Um, I know we have both covered Awatuki a long time. Um, Desert Vista, obviously, part of that. And Andrew King was an integral part of the Thunder's championship this last year. What do you think it means to have him back on that team? I think it's huge. Um, he, he was a starter. So, you know, Desert Vista was a team who was going to have literally no starters left. And which says a lot because the only senior on last year's team was Osa Iguodaro. So the fact that you don't have any veterans in the starting lineup was going to be pretty difficult. I mean, a lot of obviously the guys are up to the challenge. I mean, you know, they're not going to shy away from that, but getting Andrew King back, it gives you that veteran presence. It gives you not only a, a, a very high level as far as talented player goes, but you get someone who knows what it takes on, or I guess from the court level, not just, you know, being a part of the team last year and, and maybe getting into the game every now and then you have someone that knows what it takes to be in the game at all times to get to the championship. I think it will bring a different sense of energy to this team. And um, I like it. I mean, I'm, I'm glad because obviously, you know, that team itself, I mean, it, it, it it literally in the last month, two months was completely depleted of everybody for the most part. So um, I'm happy. I'm glad that we're going to be able to see Andrew. Andrew's such a good kid. We've talked to him. I know you have too. We've, we've both talked to him a few times after games and everything, and he's a good kid. So I'm really excited for him. And he's got a bright future ahead of himself too with, with basketball as well. He's instantly one of the better guards in the AIA coming back. 100%. I think that it makes them – I still think Mountain Point should be the favorite to win the 6A championship, but yep. this makes a big difference. Um, him coming you know what's back crazy? And, really quick, just to kind of cut you off, I'm sorry, but all good. I would argue that the best five guards in the AIA, I would argue that at least two or three of them, maybe four, are in Ahwatukee. Absolutely. I mean, look at Mountain Point. Mark Brown, tremendous sophomore. You have uh, Jason Kimbrough, fantastic senior for them. I think uh, True Washington doesn't he play a little guard as well? He's kind of a wing, yeah, but he he can play, he can move the ball. He's got the size to be more of like a wing, but he his yeah, like like you said, his skill set, and obviously Andrew King. So I mean, we're talking about three, maybe four, like I said, depending on if, where you put True Washington. I mean, <laughs> four of the best guards, I think personally, in the AIA are in Ahwatukee. And they, obviously, you know, that might be a different, you know, rankings. That's just, you know, guys that I've seen a lot of. I mean, they're all very good. 
absolutely. They they have some talented backcourts in um, in those two schools. So another question by Brando Hernandez. Uh, he asks about Eric Lira, and he transferred from Central to Mesquite um, to play football. Ended up making a bunch of huge plays in Mesquites for a title game, uh, and all throughout the season, he was a great receiver for them. And Brando asks if uh, we're going to see more um, seniors and junior basketball players moving from uh, from Phoenix Union schools. And this ties into Brittany Boyer's question, um, which relates to the Tolleson and Phoenix districts um, not knowing what they're going to do for sports or we're, yeah. we don't know what they're going to do for sports. So I think we can answer kind of these two questions together. Um, do you see, do you foresee further delays and do you think that people will transfer for basketball and other winter sports because of it? Um, and I can go first. I think I, I would be very surprised if there's not delays. Yeah. Um, and that's, what I was going to say too, especially if you look at what Tolleson did in Phoenix union, they did not start the football season or fall sports for that matter at all because of the metrics. The metrics now are worse than they were when we tried to get fall sports going. Yeah, Phoenix so, Phoenix Union had two football games for some I schools. Think, some didn't even yeah. have any, I don't think. Yeah, Tolleson think never got, got started. Tolleson never got any. Nope. Um, I just... Unfortunately, yes, there's going to be a delay, I believe. Um. Which, you know, to go back to Brando's question, I think, yeah, you're going to see kids leave. I mean, I, there's there's no other. I mean, we already saw the AIA delay the season in general, and we saw kids leave for prep programs, prep schools. So, you know, who's going to stop a kid from Central or from, you know, Carl Hayden or, where, you know, other schools, Westview, La Jolla? Who's going to stop them from transferring if they get told they don't have the season? I mean, the AIA specifically put in a rule this year saying if you don't get a season at your home school, you can go somewhere and be immediately eligible. South Mountain is one of the better boys basketball programs in the state this year. And they're bringing back a ton of talent if they're able to play, but that's a Phoenix Union school. I could foresee a few players from there um, if it doesn't happen. Tolleson District, I mean, La Jolla was a five seed in the 6A tournament last year. They had a tremendous yep. season. Um, Tolleson Union, I was talking with a coach um, that I won't say his name because I don't want him to get in any trouble or anything. We were just kind of talking off the record, and um, he was really, really doubtful that this is going to happen at all. Tolleson Union had... Before this recent delay, the the AIA was supposed to start again. What probably today, right? Maybe tomorrow, the fourth uh, of the tomorrow, January fifth. Yeah. So Tolleson had another two week delay after that, um, and that was before even the the eighteenth as the date came up. But they, he wasn't even sure that that was going to happen. Um, and I don't know. It just it the signs don't point to anything going on. They didn't, they weren't able to practice over the break. And how are you going to start from absolute zero um, and practice not having been together for months and expect to be ready in 
two weeks from now for gameplay and everything. It just, it doesn't seem, it, it stinks, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be that. And I think both of us are just purely speculating, but um, I would be very surprised if they start on time. Yeah, I I mean, I I hate to say it, but I really don't see them getting a season. Or yeah. starting, like you said, starting right away. Um, maybe middle of February at the best, I think. Um, the thing really is, you just sad, can't delay but... too much more than it already is. If you delay more than two or three weeks, you're really, really just saying that you're not going to be able to do it. You give them a month of games or whatever before the postseason starts, that's not, that's nothing. Exactly. And what's the point at that time? Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just tough. It's just so, t- it's it's hard, man. It's like, tough. I mean, a Tolleson Union, I think it was a baseball coach, if I'm not mistaken, or was it football? A Tolleson Union high school coach died of COVID. Mm-hmm. And we've seen so many people pass and get sick and have all these complications from it. Um, and so you get it on a, on an objective level, but then you see everybody else doing it and you're like, why not them? But I don't know. They're, they, they, it's not as if the board of directors, uh, the school board in there doesn't want to see their kids being able to play. It's just that they think that's what's necessary to keep the people safe. And, it's hard to argue, but it's also sad at the same time. Exactly. It's sad. I mean, to your point, it's really sad. It is really, really sad. Um, I just hope that they get something. That's all I can ask for, really. Uh, do you want to move on to, I believe, our final question, if I'm not mistaken? Yep, another one of those 8 million parters, but um, it's got a few. Um, Andrew yeah, Morgan. It's got four. Um, Favorite high school sports moment. We're going to start there. We're not going to do the other ones yet. Favorite high school sports moment. So do you think this means from our high school experience? Or does it mean from um, other? Because I've heard your favorite high school sports moment 18 times. And you've heard mine several times too. Yours is the, what was it? The Manapua, I think is how you pronounce it. The yeah, I mean, honestly, you can argue that the... Uh, the Chandler Hamilton game this year was probably a Fine. better. What's yeah. your favorite? Or, or Liberty, actually Liberty Chandler. From when you were in high school. From when I was in high school? Yeah. Um, you were a football player. You were an athlete. I honestly, like, especially because all of you guys know I went to Highland. We weren't very good back then. Um, I think starting the season 0-5 and then winning the last four out of five was probably my favorite because it kind of gave those of us that were seniors kind of a good moment to reflect on a little bit. Um, not only that, but our kicker at the time in our, in our first win, we beat skyline and we beat them by a field goal. And it happened to be like something ridiculous, like a 50, like something yarder. Um, so I feel like that that's probably it to be honest. That's probably my favorite high school moment from when I was there. Did you guys make the playoffs that year? No. Dang, no, four out we, of five was it a tough schedule? Um, yeah, it was kind of weird because it was one of those like, it was one of those years where most of the teams that weren't that great before were actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like we we lost to Mesquite, 
um, who wasn't nearly as talented as the Mesquite teams now. We lost to Gilbert, who um, had some athletes. I actually had a couple of my really good friends on there, too, which was kind of funny. But uh, we lost to Gilbert. We lost to Red Mountain, who was very good that year. We lost to Basha, who was very good that year. Um, and then who else did we lose to? I can't remember now. We lost. Who do we play? Anyway, four out of five. Yeah, our, our four, four. I know our four wins. I know yeah. we beat Skyline. We beat Mountain View. We beat a um, a Desert Mountain team that was led by Kyle Allen and Mark Andrews as sophomores. We did beat them, and then we beat. Oh no, I can't remember the fourth one either. It doesn't matter. But yeah, we, anyway, four and, four and six total was our record. Absolutely. My favorite high school sports moment was simply the bus rides. Um, That's a good one. It was so much fun. We would have, we would get in trouble because we were stupid, but we would have slap fights. um, Just absolutely whoop the heck out of each other with slaps. Um, And we would make fun of each other and talk about who was terrible that day and who was great. Um, there was a guy on the team who, uh, he was a couple years older than me, but everyone used to sing. You remember the song Stacy's mom? Yes. So, um, I never participated. I thought it was incredibly weird, but they used to think that this kid's Peter, his mom was really good looking. And so everyone would go, Peter's mom has got it going on. (laughs) That's awesome. Hey, so, by the way, I did look it up, and we lost to Desert Ridge, who at the time had uh, who Alex Barrett, who now plays for the 49ers. And we all and we lost to uh, Corona Del Sol, who at the time had Andres Pete, who now is the uh, starting left tackle, starting offensive lineman for the Saints. So, yeah, there you go. We beat Mesa. That was the other team that we beat. What's your favorite f- pro sports moment? Um, and I can give you mine if you want a second to think. I think I'm going to take yours. Honestly. You are not. I think I am going to take it. What do you think it is? The Minneapolis Miracle. That's your favorite? Well, have you ever seen the video where the crowd pop without like announcers? I, I get chills every single time. So that was I think, a tremendous moment. Yeah, I mean, even though I'm not a fan of either team, obviously. I mean, just to... Just to see that happen, I, I watched it live, and I could not believe it. So I think the Minneapolis Miracle, because I love a good crowd pop, honestly. It's great. And I will forever love Stefan Diggs for that. That actually wasn't mine. That was, if you had to take a single play, that's probably it, yes. Okay. Um, my favorite sports moment was, we used to, in college, I went to Marquette, which is in Milwaukee, and from like... 2011 to 15 when I graduated, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks were absolute trash. They were bad every single year. I think maybe one time they got in the eighth seed with a losing record. Um, they were bad every year. But it was the same stadium that Marquette basketball played in, and it was a walking distance from campus. And we used to go, we'd get $3 tickets. Uh, Friday nights, uh, the dorm, uh, the dr whatever the dorm room person was would have free tickets most weekends 
and you could go and the stadium was not full. You could get a cheap ticket or a free ticket and go. And by halftime, you move down and you're in row 10. Um, and we'd watch so many awesome games. We saw, uh, I saw the Thunder with KD and Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Uh, I saw a Heat game. And this is my favorite sports moment was a few of the guys and I had these $2 tickets, maybe $3 that we got for the last row. And we moved down. We were in like row three, uh, right next to the um, the court seats. And we saw LeBron James put up 24 points as a member of the Miami Heat in one quarter. Um, so that was crazy. That's what my favorite pro sports moment was, was just all those times. We probably went 15 times um, and would just move our way to seats we weren't supposed to be in, but just having a great time. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Uh, I do also remember the I was in attendance for one of the Suns playoff games against the uh, the Spurs. And what year was it? It had to be like 2010, 2011, I think. Something like that. Anyway, we beat the Spurs, and I was in attendance for one of those playoff games. That was pretty cool. Playoffs are still fun. Yeah. Uh, third part of Andrew's question, taking after his, uh, his supervisor with the four part questions here. Um, what is your go-to team when creating an NCAA 14 dynasty? So I played this game, um, but it's been a while. Like I, I haven't played it in a long time, obviously. I I think I'd probably have to go with the Florida state. Um, they had, Jameis Winston at that point. Um, and he was just, and that answers the next part is the favorite player. Um, and they were just so stacked and they made Jameis so good. He wouldn't miss a pass. But if I had to create like a, um, a single player to go play for someone, I always, I would always have them play for Minnesota because that was, Mm -hmm. um, where I grew up. But they, they would always get stomped in all these big games, even on like, some of the easier modes I'd lose to Wisconsin and <laughs> Michigan state and yeah. all these actually good teams of the time. Yeah. I think for me, obviously Notre Dame, let's be honest, but I also enjoyed um, using Oregon because of all their uniforms. Yeah. That was a good one. They probably they had, them. even though he was whatever number he was five or whatever, Marcus Mar- Mariota at the time on the game. I think they did. Yeah, they did. Um, what about your go-to or your favorite player in that game? I think it probably was Jameis Winston. Um, okay. I also remember it might not have been 14, but whenever Texas Tech was really good, I know it's several years before that, but I just have vet, vivid memories of playing that game, and maybe it was 2010 or whatever it was, mm-hmm. of Graham Harrell and... Michael Crabtree, oh. Texas Tech, that one year, and it remember, was so much fun. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have an incomplete pass. Do you remember when Michael Crabtree made that um, that catch along the sideline and toe tapped his way into the end zone to beat Texas? Yep, I remember that vividly. Such I have some big cool Texas moment. fans in my family. Yeah, um, so I was watching that game live, and that broke everyone's heart. Yeah, but it was an incredible was catch. It was, it was phenomenal. Uh, favorite player for me? That's tough, man. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, part of it was also hard because they were number really, four. Yeah, or they yeah, didn't have actual names on there. Exactly. Um, I'm not gonna say someone from Notre Dame because it's like you know that that'd be too easy. Um, I'll be honest. Like whenever I did use like a different team, I mean, Marcus Mariota was so good. Yeah. Like, and then, like, Alabama 2014. Wasn't that the year that, like, I think Henry was a freshman that year, wasn't he? Probably. Well, this, this would be the 2013 roster, though, right? Maybe. Yeah, it would be. Henry was a freshman. That means that they had Kenyon Drake. No, I got it. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette. He was almost impossible to stop in that game. If I, I also just aged myself really hard with the Michael Crabtree thing because he was in, uh, he started with the 49ers in 2009. So it went five years at before a game that's already six years old. Um, so good for me, man. That's okay. I still played, I, I still played the game at back then too. So I played every single one of them. So shows yeah. us how old we are that I'm referencing. A player from like 2007 and 8. Um, Do you remember? Um, I'm going to look it up really quick because I'm pretty sure it was 16. Um, NCAA 16 football. Well, 14 is, I think, the last one that came out. No, there was definitely a 16, I think. There was a 16? I think so. I don't think so. I think you're remembering it wrong. Um, what were they called? NCAA. Oh, no, you're right. It was 14. Isn't that Denard Robinson on the cover? That sounds right. I think it is Denard. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, you're right. It was, you're right. It was 14. That was the last game. I don't know why I thought 16. I used to like the, uh, NCAA basketball games too. I think those got those stopped even so before fun. Those I remember were so the last fun. One, the last one had... In the load screen, you were Blake Griffin on some weird Oklahoma, um, weird chain link court. Oh, um, never mind. <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny about that game, and I loved it. Um, I don't remember if it was like the last one they ever made, but there were times where I'd actually on purpose be the Albany Great Danes because I always had Great Danes growing up. I dig I it. Like, I know that's pretty lame, but like, I don't know. I made a um, I made a player that was me and I gave him all 99 overall or whatever, five star <laughs> rankings. And I put him on Minnesota and we did really well. But after a game or two, one of the years or after a season or two, he hated the Minnesota so much that he wanted to transfer. And I'm like, dang, even the guy I had, that <laughs> I created doesn't want to be here. <laughs> Um, when you were playing Road to Glory in NCAA football, which team did you choose to go to? Minnesota. Okay. Or so I'd, mean, pick, so you... I'd pick Coast, like whatever weird team, uh, North Tennessee State or whatever. North, but Minnesota North Tennessee State. Go-to. North Tennessee State. <laughs> Middle Tennessee State. Okay, that's how that's how I thought. I just you made, know what I, I either yeah, way. No, I got you. I got you. You know what I always used to do? I used to go into the practice mode. And then I would I would have my team go up against someone like 
no offense to the Ivy Leagues out there, like Brown. And I would just run kickoffs all day long just to see how many I can return in a row. <laughs> yeah. Let's or, end this, Zach. We're going long. <laughs> or one more thing. Or I would put I would put myself on the one yard line and then put them in the goal line or not goal line. I put them in field goal block and then I would just keep running. Like you know how you see the players when they run all the way down the field, they turn and they try to run all the way back and then back again. I used to do that too. It was pretty fun. My favorite thing to ever do in a video game for football, I had Madden, maybe the original Madden that was on the N64. Okay. And there was a glitch in the game. It might have been maybe 99 or 2000 or whatever it was. If you went, you could be on defense and you could control a player. And if you were near your own end zone, um, you could run back. And if your player, you ran him into the, the goalpost, they would fall down. <laughs> but the game didn't have the computing power to get them to come back up. Um, oh, no. So the play would start, and your player is just gliding on the floor. Um, oh, no. It just, it just like on a magic carpet, laid down, like gliding around like they're on ice. And so you could go and try to sack the quarterback with a player that's crawling. And it was just the funniest thing. I loved it. Oh, man. <laughs> I would purposely let the other team get close to my end zone so that I had enough time to go back and knock my right end down uh, <laughs> on the goalpost and try to still get a sack. Oh, that's terrible. That is so bad. Um... Sacking guys like Rich Gannon and oh, God. Um, whoever back then. I rem- I also remember there was a Madden game where you Ben Roethlisberger um, – maybe 04 or something like that, where they didn't have enough characters in the name, so they couldn't fit his full name in the game. Um, so it was like Ben Roethlisberg or something like that. Just great. Okay. Hey, really quick, since you brought up Rich Gannon, I have another uh, favorite pro sports moment. Can I say it real quick? Do it. Uh, one year when the Raiders were in town to play the Cardinals at Sun Devil Stadium, uh, I was able to get a football autographed by Jerry Rice and Tim Brown. That's awesome. That's probably my favorite moment, actually. I'll back up to that one. So Fair enough. Uh, with that said, Eric, let's wrap things up. Thank you all for listening. Um, this was a fun one. We got to answer a ton of questions, so I think this is something we're going to try to do every week now. Um, but again, thanks for, for those of you that did ask the questions on Twitter. Uh, if you want to have some of your questions featured next week, make sure to look out for the tweet from one of us, uh, probably later on this week or early next week, something like that. Um, but either way, give us all a follow at Zach Alvire, at E. Newman Wrights, at AZHSFB, and at Arizona Varsity. Once again, happy belated New Year. Let's make it a good one. Um, hopefully this one just brings a lot you know, better circumstances than 2020 did. Uh, but Absolutely. with that said... We're all wrapped up here and we will see you all next week. Yes, sir.